everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. My name is Scott Volker. This is episode number 29, and this is going to be a really, really good one. And I have to warn you before we get going here, this is going to be a little bit longer than usual. All right, so your normal car ride maybe is 25, 30 minutes, I don't know, or your normal run. This one here might be a two-parter, all right, because uh, I have a special guest on today, and we really just didn't have any limits as to what we were going to discuss. And what is going to be discussed is a lot of how to really get started in this business, especially if you need to get started without a lot of cash. Uh, Jordan Malik from the Ask Jordan Show is going to be joining us today on the show, and uh, he's been doing this a long time. And uh, I really want to have him on the show, well, number one, because he knows what he's doing in that space, okay, in as far as like going out there and finding product that you can sell instantly. Uh, he's got a lot of background in that, not just retail arbitrage, just a lot of different ways to be able to go out there and find product. So we're really going to go and dive into that because I know some of you just want to make some cash quick. So this way you can roll it into a private label product. And a lot of these principles will apply to private label. So it's going to really, really be, uh, I think, a, a huge learning thing for all of us. I mean, I learned stuff just by talking to him. So it's going to be really, really cool. Uh, before I do get into that, though, I want to do a little house cleaning here. Uh, I Wanted to just say thank you once again to everyone that just is listening. I mean, the downloads are increasing, the emails are increasing, which is getting harder to answer, so I do apologize if it's taking a little bit longer than the normal, and I'm going to continue to do my best to answer them myself personally, so if I miss one, if I don't get back to you for some reason, just go ahead and send another one, uh, and I'll, I'll do my best again to try to answer it for you, or at least answer it on the show. So with that being said, let me just also talk about the Facebook group that we just created about a week and a half ago. That's up to over a thousand members now. So if you aren't part of that group and you want to be part of that group, you just basically have to visit this page, which is theamazingseller.com forward slash FB. That's F as in Frank, B as in boy. And what you'll do basically is uh, you'll send a request and then I'll have to approve it. And pretty much I'll approve you. Now I will say, uh, so far I haven't really had any issues with anybody joining and then spamming the group. I did have one person, one of our members actually, that notified me that someone was spamming. So we just immediately banned those people. So if you are listening to this um, and you see that in the group, please do flag that particular post so that way there I can remove that person and ban them from the group. All right. But I don't think that's going to be a problem. And I think with all of us kind of working together, it really should help cut down on that. The other thing I wanted to talk about real quickly is if you've been listening to the episodes up to this point, you heard me mention that I'm getting a lot of requests for coaching and people ask me if I'll private, uh, you know, private coach them or if I'll do some type of group coaching. And I've really been undecided to this point, but I have to say that I'm getting an overwhelming uh, response from all of you that want me to do something. So I am leaning towards possibly doing something. I don't know as of yet what, uh, but it is looking like more or less like a, a group coaching setting somehow, some way, and I'm really just trying to figure out and work out the best way to be able to do that because I want to be able to deliver something that's going to offer value. So if this is something that you are interested in doing or you're joining me in, uh, just go ahead and send me an email or a comment and uh, and just let me know that you would be interested in this. That would really uh, just kind of help me understand because I'm getting these responses from people saying like, yes, yeah, Scott, I'll 
join any group that you have because I want to be able to be led through this process with you and others um, in, in some type of group so this way here we can hold each other accountable and that type of stuff. So that's really what I'm leaning towards. And of course, I'm going to keep you up to date you know, through this podcast as far as what I decide to do or when I decide to do it. But just keep in mind though, this podcast is going to still be delivered the same exact way. There's going to, not going to be any charge ever for the podcast or anything like that. I don't want people thinking that you know this podcast is going to be you know something that I'm going to start charging for because it's not. Okay, So this is basically going to continue. I'm going to keep giving you the step-by-step as far as what I'm doing uh, you know, in my Amazon business. So this way here, you can do the same. All right, so enough on that. And before we do jump into this uh, interview that I'm really excited about, I just wanted to read one iTunes review to you because it really, uh, I just want to show you that this stuff really does make me happy. I mean, the the reviews are just awesome and it makes me continue to want to do this. So the uh, the review comes in from Poochung and uh, the headline is, Booyah, Scott is the amazing Amazon guy, five star. And, it ba- and he basically says he's paying it forward by providing everything you need to get started with private labeling and selling it on Amazon for free. Make sure to listen to every podcast, replay it, and take notes. Smiley face. And let me just say this, you know, you can take everything that I've taught so far or that I've shared so far on the podcast and you can go ahead and launch your first product and make sales. You don't need any coaching, okay? Just go through and do it, right? But some people do need that coaching. I get that, all right? But Everything is right there for you, and I've even outlined it in, in a lot of the uh, the downloads and stuff that I left on the site. So if you want to go over there and check that out, you can go over to theamazingseller.com forward slash start, and that right there is going to give you like a condensed version of everything that you need to do, but all in step-by-steps and all the podcasts that I've done that really give you that that layout, okay, or that blueprint, if you will, all right? So with that all being said, let's jump into this exciting interview that I'm going to do with with Jordan, and I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it. So I will talk to you at the end of the show. All right, everyone. Well, I am really, really excited today because I am going to share with you a guest who has been at this a pretty long time in this space, I think we should say, uh, and uh, and he's actually going to help us get started in not just retail ARB, but just a way to get money coming in quickly through Amazon selling without having really a private label product yet. So this way here, we can kind of build a little bit of a fund, let's call it, so we can start uh, we can start this private label business if you choose to. So who I'm talking about is you may have already heard of him because he does have his own podcast too. It's the Ask Jordan podcast, and uh, his name is Jordan Malik. So Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to uh, to spend with us. Thanks, like a thunderbolt in your Cheerios, Scott. How are you? Good morning. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing really, really good over here. And uh, and I know we're not that far apart. You're in Long Island, and I'm in upstate New York. Yeah, and uh, you, you and I uh, have shared some family roots. My uh, grandparents are from up there in your region, so uh, so it's cool to talk to another New Yorker. Yeah, it, it's funny too because when I mentioned where I was from, and then I mentioned the, the couple of areas like Saratoga Springs and Lake George, those are kind of landmarks, and you kind of knew them right away. So it's yeah, kind of interesting. Pretty, yeah, real pretty country. And, I, and Scott, I want to take this time also to thank you for the podcast that you put together and your website and how much transparency and vulnerability you show. Uh, uh, as you're learning private labeling, you're teaching others, it's a breath of fresh air. And you know, 99% of the content out there surrounding private label is 
either way overpriced or administered by a, a bunch of crooks. So, so I really, really want to thank you for what you're doing for the community oh, and yeah. uh, for I, the seller community. Yeah I, yeah, I, I totally appreciate that, and and I, I love it too because when I, I mean I've listened to your show before I even started my show, and oh, cool. uh, and I, I totally, I totally dig it, and it's uh, you know, it was when I was starting to think to just getting into you know just selling in general, and um, and I think it was great because your your podcast is just a. a a quick Q and A, you know, you, you have a question from the listener and then you go ahead and you give them their, your answer. And I could tell right away your transparency, which is also what really kind of drew me in. And, uh, and that's kind of, I mean, I've listened to, you know, podcasts like Pat Flynn and, and those guys. So I, I really like that transparency. And, uh, and I think you and I both share that. So yeah. And I mean, like you've said, and I've said, you know, we're not millionaires, but we're making money. Right. And sure. that's what the average person is looking to do. So, uh, so I really wanted to thank you again for coming on, and I think people are going to get a lot because uh, oh, yeah. out of this show because you've got a huge history about this. And uh, why don't we just dig right in? Why don't you just start off by telling people a little bit about your background and then kind of sure. get them to where you are today and kind of how you got there, and then we can give them some action steps and as far as how to actually start generating money as soon as possible so they can start this private label thing if they choose sure. to. Sure, no, absolutely. Yeah, I started selling um, my. Excuse me, my venture selling on eBay or Amazon started like out of necessity. Uh, I started on eBay about maybe 14 years ago when I had a company that went belly up with a dot com bust. Okay. Um, but my serious venture, make, making it like a real serious full time gig, was when I started. Uh, I was always selling on eBay for a hobby and I was selling on Amazon for a hobby when FBA came out, et cetera. But um, I got uh, fired. I was a. Uh, your typical stuffed shirt with an MBA. I got uh, fired from uh, the world's largest ad agency in New York City in 2010, wow. February 2010. It marks five years now. Um, and I, uh, my wife and I shared one car with 80,000 miles on it. My f- uh, father-in-law would pick me up uh, every day. And there's something like 80-some-odd li- public libraries here in Long Island. So he would drive me to the libraries and every maybe half the libraries have like a used bookshelf mm-hmm. and I had a scanner set up that I both this was way before profit bandit way before scan power I had a scanner set up from needle scan I was renting the, the equipment for like a hundred bucks a week okay and I was scanning books the used sales rack um, and bringing them home and selling them uh, you know shipping them into Amazon's warehouse by FBA and I was pulling I think my highest uh, profit was like two thousand dollars every two weeks. Nice, and um, and that's kind of what, what kind of planted the seed because my wife was looking at me and she was she was a full time house cleaner. She's retired now from that, but uh, she was looking at this and she's like, "Do you want to do this full time?" Because the the money was getting to be silly lucrative because we we're literally buying books and you can still this do this to to this day is that you can find books very easily that are textbooks or out of print cookbooks or whatever. Um, and find $0.25 cents a dollar, $2, $5, and they sell on Amazon for $20, $25, 40 wow. And she said, do you want to do this full-time? And I said, I said yeah, of course I want to do this full-time. And um, it kind of grew into toys. I'm one of the first people that made a, a real uh, killing teaching others how to profit from use, which Amazon calls collectible. Mm-hmm. So use toys still sell very well on Amazon. Amazon calls them collectible. Um, and then I started migrating to other areas, plush toys. And, um, we started hitting garage sales and, 
to date, I've been doing about the last two years, calendar year 2013 and 2014, uh, at a very part-time fashion. I think my wife and I put in an average of maybe 10 hours per week in our FBA business. Um, collectively, we do over $150,000 a year in sales, and a good 55 or 60% of that is pre-tax profit. That nice. profit are all expenses. So it's the equivalent. I don't know what the average salary is for the average working American, but working 10 hours a week, and we run multiple businesses, but this business alone yields us, you know, $70,000, $80,000 a year pre-tax profit income. Oh, that's amazing. Right? So so um, it, it escalated to the point where I was teaching others. So like you, I, I started a podcast, I started a website, I started information services, but that 80,000 or so that we do is from zero wholesale, zero private label. It is all retail, what, what we call retail arbitrage, but I also call it just buying low and selling high no matter what it is, where it is, where you can find it. So the the thing that I, I think a lot of people jump into this business, sellers jump into this business, they say, I gotta do private label. They Some sellers jump in and say that it's the only, only way that they know Right. Because they've heard, they've heard so much of it, thanks to a couple of crooks that are, uh, uh, you know, running a very expensive program every six months. Mm-hmm. Some people think private label is the only solution, and, and and there isn't. I mean, you can do wholesale, you can do retail arbitrage. There's a huge market for used products, whether they're the iPhone cable sitting in your junk drawer uh, at home or um, the uh, box full of books that your neighbor is throwing out to uh, the, the inventory, the, the brand new uh, kitchen electric appliances that are selling for $5 a piece at your neighbor's yard sale. Gotcha, gotcha. And I, I think the challenge for them is, is a, a, well, we didn't even know about that, but B, everybody wants to be sexy, right? So if I go to a cocktail hour with a bunch of professional Amazon sellers, I'll probably be the first one laughed out of the room, right? Mm-hmm. And why, and why is that? Because I can't say I'm drop shipping iPods or iPhones. I can't say that I just ordered a container of uh, yoga mats, right? When they say, Jordan, so what do you make your money with? And I say, well, <laughs> pre-owned plush toys or right, right, right. used books or used CDs. Or, uh, it's not sexy. So I think people are afraid to venture into that area of sourcing. And forgive me if I'm doing all the talking. I don't mean No, to no, no, no. Keep going. You're doing great. People are afraid to get into that because it, it, they're afraid of the peers, what the peers are going to think. I just posted an article on my uh, Facebook page, and I, I don't have a link on the top of my head, but I'll get it to you. Yeah, get it to me. I'll put it in the show notes for sure. It's a guy, and I don't recommend dumpster diving because I, I think te- there's, te- there's some gray areas of whether or not it's legal or not. But there's a guy who was, I think it was TechCrunch, they profiled a guy who does dumpster diving at all the big box retail stores. And he only tackles it, like he only does a few hours a week, but they say we annualized what he put, put the number of hours he put in, and we annualized it into like a 40-hour work week job. His net profit per year would be $600,000. Oh, my goodness. So, so the stuff... The stuff virtually is, you don't have to dumpster dive to do that if you want to go for it. But this, the, the stuff is virtually everywhere. And I think people think only thing they can go into retail stores, major retail stores, and look at look at the, the prices and that's it. Or they go online and they see Toys R Us, they buy stuff on sale and they buy, you know, $1,000 worth of stuff. And, and that's that's their model of how they're going to make money. There's, t- there's 12 different ways to, to get stuff even more profitable. 
Yeah, and, and th those are some great points, and uh, we're definitely going to have to dig into a little bit of that because I want to be able to, for my own self and for the audience, is to really understand that uh, as far as, because my biggest hang-up, and I'll speak for a lot of people, I'm sure, my biggest hang-up is, you know, I came from, well, my whole story, we won't go into that, but I came from, you know, a photography business, and then from there, yeah, and then from there, turning that into an information business where I was teaching it, and basically creating a course and then selling it forever. That That's my model, right? Sure. And I love that. And I've done some eBay stuff, and I've mentioned this story before. I, I uh, basically bought a whole bunch of bridges from Christmas Tree Shop, these little cedar bridges for your gardens. Bought them for like 25 bucks. I sold them for 130 So, yep. you know, that was working, you know. But I had to box them, right? I had to put everything. Yeah. So it was really hands-on. And I know you can source that out and stuff. So I guess my thing would be is maybe you could maybe tell us, Rather than going garage sale to garage sale, because I know that that's a way to do it, and a lot of people know of that, or thrift stores and stuff, uh, or, or maybe there's a technique that you could tell us that when you're going there, look for certain things, um, because me personally, like you said, 10 hours a week, that's pretty good, right? And if you can kind of shed a little light sure. on that, like, what could someone do that's just starting to see if this could actually work and they can start generating some cash so they can, yeah. maybe if they want to do private label, right? Because this show is right. really about, you know, myself doing private label, but retail arb is not something that i would not do if i could especially find someone to do the the, the looking for me and, sure. and then i could get someone to list it for me and then i would just be kind of like the brains behind it right yeah no and that actually happens people that start out by sourcing locally to them they where they source the goods themselves and learn the ropes and they train somebody their neighbor to do it they give them the iphone app and they say here, you know, here's uh, uh, here's uh, the things I want you to look for, and they hire somebody for. They either give them a percentage of the sales, or they hire them for like ten bucks an hour under the table, right, right, or whatever. Yep. Um, I, I tell people about fifty percent of the people I tell this laugh in my face. The other fifty percent go and do it. If you're starting from zero, start in your home, right? Because I, and this is something that I still do. Okay, is that you've got in your home probably old electronics, right? Yep. Uh, old, uh, older. Not, it doesn't have to be old. It can be recent electronics you don't use anymore. It can be the radar detector you stuck in the bottom drawer. Right. It can be uh, CDs that you don't listen to anymore. Uh, DVDs. I know that there's there's some weird restrictions now around DVDs, but uh, books, uh, toys, games, um, office products, uh, housewares, like the electrics that you use for. Um, uh, you know, prepping food or cooking or, sure. or whatever, the, sure. uh, the kind of fancier electronics. Somebody gave you one of those neat word processors, uh, word processors, food processors, and you never used it. It was, a, it was a baby shower gift or whatever, and you stuck it in a closet. So start around your home and collect those things and sit in front of the computer and look up their values. On, okay. on Amazon and see how much they'll sell for new or if they're still in the package great or if they're used and I know people that say hey Jordan I was broke and I needed to start somewhere and that's exactly what I did and I got $800 right over okay. the course of a month and I use it $800 and I parlayed it into retail arbitrage or I parlayed it into my first wholesale purchase or whatever yeah yeah and if you there's some people I'll tell this to and they're convinced they have nothing in the house and they'll say do the ask when you when you a lot of ninety five percent of your competing sellers don't ask anybody for anything, right? They're too embarrassed or whatever. Post something on your Facebook wall that your friends can see. Does anybody any of my friends have in their garage or whatever toys they don't want anymore that are complete one hundred percent and clean? Do you have any books? Do you have any CDs? Do you have any uh, kitchen electrics you're not using anymore, etc. 
And, now, and do the ask because one out of your ten friends is going to say, "You want to come over and just like take the stuff out of my attic because I don't really want it," and they won't even they won't even charge you for it. So it's like free inventory, right? Right, right. And you'd be surprised at the amount of friends that will help you out. You need, you can lie to them and say, uh, "Yeah, if somebody's moving into an apartment, they need some stuff to fill it with." Right, lie right. to them, right? The um, there's a popular website called FreeCycle. Okay, I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but there's a, a website that most may, it's, it's like a, it's a different website for each region you're in. It's like you know, for me, it's like LongIsland.FreeCycle.org. Okay, and I just posted about this on my I think it was in my blog or on Facebook. Where people will say, "Hey, I've got this closet full of used games, and anybody want to come pick them up, and it's free." So it's their it's their way. Free cycle is like kind of you know their the environmentalist pitch of gotcha. not stuff out. Yeah, yeah. So it could be something as silly as drywall that somebody is tearing their tearing their house up, which you, you can't, obviously can't resell on Amazon. But there's people out there that are selling that, that not selling, giving away books or a, ch- uh, a child's toys or whatever. And I just saw it. Well, if Craigslist has a free stuff section as well. Where people are giving away, they're saying, "Come and take this box full of games." Half of them are still sealed, right? And some of these sealed games that are not now out of print, sealed, they're they're still new or they're used. Can't, again, Amazon calls them collectible. They're out of print now, so the demand is far outstripping the supply. So that's that's. I wrote a book on this: 136 games and toys you can sell on Amazon for or eBay for big profits. It, uh, these games can go for. You know, fifteen, twenty-five, thirty-five, a hundred dollars. Wow! So, so people don't realize that uh, my mentor, uh, who I don't know, I, I know him personally, but it's not like he—he he probably still doesn't know who I am. Jim Cockrum. He, this the who I, I I learned this from. He said something a couple of years ago that I thought was silly before my business started taking off. He said, you know, the money is just flying all around you. There's you open up the window and there's literally dollar bills flying around. I'm like I'm thinking to myself, what? That's a completely jackass statement to make right <laughs> but he's at he's absolutely right is the the stuff is everywhere right you know and a lot of folks that do retail arbitrage where they go in the store and they want it easy they want handed to them they want to find the clearance rack nobody does the ask anymore my wife will go into an independent store or maybe a major store and they'll say hey do you know if i buy everything here can you give me another 20 percent off or whatever mm-hmm Walgreens, which is a major, uh, you know, major drugstore. Uh, I guess you could actually call that now what, like a regular retail store, because they sell just about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife went into a bunch of Walgreens a year ago or two years ago, and she's looked at the entire clearance rack. There were literally hundreds of items, and my wife said to the store manager, "How much for me to buy everything from you right here? Everything." And because the stuff was marked down like thirty percent, right. Or whatever, and the, and the manager said, "Well, gee, you know, three hundred dollars. You can take it. If you can take everything off my hands, it's yours." Nice. So she came home, but she had had an SUV, and it was packed to the gills with garbage bags filled with new merchandise. Wow! It was everything from toys to Maybelline makeup to incontinence pads. Uh, you know, and our net profit from that haul must have been way over a thousand dollars from right. a few purchase so i guess my my thing is in hearing this and i think it's great okay for people especially just starting to do this but again my my mindset automatically shifts to you telling me you got an suv full of stuff i gotta go and i gotta scan all that stuff and see how much it's worth i gotta list everything i gotta take pictures i gotta look for certain keywords that i should put in i gotta look at the upc codes is there a process for that 
Yeah, you, you now you don't because the bulk of what you get is still existing in the Amazon catalog. So you're not. This is different from private label. We are not creating the listing in Amazon for the first time, right? Okay. So, so the merchandise that we find, whether it's new or used locally from garage sales or retail stores or online arbitrage, the tools that are out there that help you figure out, okay, like the Profit Bandit is a famous app for your iPhone. Yes, I'm familiar with that one, yep. Okay, so you scan, you scan the barcode and it spits back all the seller data on how many competing sellers. If you buy it at a certain price and sell it at a certain price, how much profit you're going to make. These are all products that are in the Amazon catalog. So that Maybelline uh, Tornado Red makeup that my wife find, finds for the equivalent of five cents a piece is selling on Amazon for nine ninety five. Right. Okay. And it's already in the Amazon catalog. So there's a there's a program that a lot of people use called Inventory Lab, where you bring the product home, you sit in front of your computer, you launch Inventory Lab. I use a different program called Listy. It's with two T's and two E's. You scan the item. It gives you the the data on your computer screen, and you enter the price right. And then your printer spits out a label. You take the label, you put it put it over the barcode on the item, and you throw the item in the box. And when you've accumulated a certain amount of items, you can send the whole box into Amazon. Oh, okay. So, so it kind so of compiles that, it as you do. I think you're probably used to doing direct from manufacturer pallets of stuff and and all that. If people are lost on this and they go to my resource page, jordanmallet.com/resources, there's a section on free Amazon seller help. Okay. It's, called, it's, it's literally called like free Amazon seller help on that page, and they, they there's a number of guides that are free. Some of them are actually by Amazon that explains all this. Okay. In, in very in very layman's terms, so you, you, there's no taking pictures. Unlike eBay, there's no taking pictures of the items. You don't have to create a product page. You don't have to create keywords. These are items that are already selling on Amazon. You're just becoming a third party seller. Okay. Of that and 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 replenishing their stock with your own inventory, which is tracked. And you're paid when when it sells. I, I got you. Okay, so that right. makes it actually a little nicer because right. everything has been done for you pretty much. You're just saying like, hey, I've got one of those to sell, so it's going to show up as under your seller uh, ID correct. or whatever. But yeah, it's going to be already using and sharing the 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 main, uh, I guess as you would call it, the main listing. Right, um, correct. You might, you might have five other people selling it as well. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have five. Sometimes you have you have fifty. I mean, that is the. The the barriers of entry in terms of your competition when you're doing retail arbitrage or any kind of local sor- sourcing is much lower for your competition than say private label. When you when you're you're investing that money, it's a higher price point to get into private labeling, right? You've got to, it's 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 a more work up front because you have to establish the relationship with the manufacturer. You have to create listing for the first time. You have to have your brand. There's imports. Dude, all that. I, I'm not dismissing that. That's all great. Those are you're creating huge barriers of entry for somebody to come in and steal your your you know undercut you on price or whatever, mm-hmm. right? When you're doing local sourcing or retail arbitrage or online arbitrage, your barriers of entry are much lower. The Maybelline makeup that my wife found at five cents a pop, so another fifty sellers could do the exact same thing. They're probably not going to, but at some point, somebody's found the same Maybelline makeup at Walgreens, right. and 50, 25, 50 sellers have copied her, and, and and not copied. Excuse me, they've just done the same practice. Where they, well, they found this makeup. It's and and it you know it's got a semi good sales rank on Amazon, and they bought fifty of them. So so with the new game with retail arbitrage or local sourcing is you might have to wait 
six, nine months for your items to turn over. Not in all cases, right? Right, right. But I'm a big fan of staying diversified. So my wife and I source items that will sell right away and will make a huge, you know, 300, 400, 500% profit. We have other items that are sitting in Amazon's warehouses that are not going to cut our price down. And it's going to take three, six, nine months to sell. Gotcha. But we're okay. still going to get a four, you know, four hundred percent ROI on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. So almost like you're preloading your your store, let's call it, right inside of there, and then from there, you know, you might have stuff that's seasonal that not isn't going to sell right today, but will sell when it gets hot around the holidays or whatever. I, I love the fact that you said preload is because also when I started, and I t- still tell the same, still tell my people who ask do the same thing is front load everything you can into Amazon when you find inexpensive inventory, whether it be do- stuff you bought for a dollar or books or used books or you, cl- you cleared out a shelf somewhere at a local clearance store. If you're buying merchandise that's cost you one, two, three dollars a piece, as much diversification as you get in different categories, right? Home and kitchen, toys, books, CDs, etc. Front load as much as you can because that revenue can sustain you when you're getting into other, when, when you're not sourcing and you're, you're coasting, right? Yep, yep. When you're starting to ex- explore private label, that's my first three years selling on Amazon. I was getting a steady revenue stream because I had front loaded with so much media, right? Used CDs, used books, etc. I had sent so much in, it cost me virtually nothing to do it. And yeah. that, that virtually free inventory that I was paying 25 cents a dollar a piece for was turning into $15, $20, and it was selling over the course of some sold right away. Some took three years to sell, but I didn't care because the inventory was so inexpensive for me to do. Right. No, and that, that makes that makes total sense uh, to do that. Now, my other question would be then, let's say, for example, like myself, right? I've already got a seller's account, which uh, you know Amazon doesn't like you to have more than one seller account, uh, from mm-hmm. what I understand. Um, and if you do, you have to basically explain your reasoning and why, and then you have to set up a new checking account and right. credit card and all that stuff. But right. how would this be for someone like myself that has uh, an established brand under my seller account? And I've done kind of an umbrella where you know I have the main you know seller who's selling it, which is the main brand, but then I have the sub brands off of that that could be still you know niche specific. But now if you went and did this. Me personally, if I was even to explore this, I would want to have a completely other seller account. So this way here, if people clicked on the, the, the brand that was selling it, they wouldn't see all of this all of this random right. barrage of items. Right. That's a great question. I have two answers for that. The politically correct answer for that is I applied for a second seller account, and it was it was relatively painless aside from the fact that you have to associate it with a different checking account mm-hmm. but i emailed amazon i said i want to open a second account there's a lot of rumors flying around that oh my god if you have two seller accounts and they're connected to the same ip address you're the amazon's going to shut you down right ask for permission which is what i did i need a second seller account i said it's under the same roof it's my wife's account we you have to you have to tell them we are going to be selling different products because right. you can't sell the same products by two accounts May, may I please have your permission to, to have a second account and that they granted me permission. If, you're, if your seller account is not in good standings, if you had a couple dings recently on customer service or whatever, they may say no to you. They may say get your metrics up to whatever, okay. 99% or 100 
and then and then reapply. Okay. Um, that's the politically correct answer. Is that is that yes? If you if you're that much focused about your brand and you want to have a second selling account focusing on something else, make the commitment to do the application procedure. Ask Amazon. Open up a second checking. I mean, checking accounts are not that expensive to do anymore, right? Right. right. Open up a second checking account. It doesn't have to be associated with a business. It can be just associated with an individual, right? You don't have to have a corporation. Sure. Open up a second checking account. The politically incorrect answer, which I love to give, the politically incorrect answer is that, <laughs> and if people are going to disagree with me on this, is that if somebody's buying your private label product, or if somebody's buying your used book on your grandmother's Chinese cooking that you found at a yard sale for 25 cents, they do not care about your brand. Right. Right. So, so that, and I understand that, you know, I've, I've seen your, your, your podcasts about creating a relationship with the Amazon customer after the sale. I understand all that. That's all good and fine. But the end customer is not going to give a rat's ass that, mm -hmm. um, Jordan Malik's, uh, uh, toenail clippers, Right, are listed next to a used copy of uh, War and Peace. Yeah, and the only way that people would really see that is they would have to click sold by. They wouldn't. They wouldn't if they clicked on the brand that you labeled that as, um, like that's right underneath, like the 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 reviews and stuff like that. That part of it. Um, right. Then it would only go to the the products that you've tagged with that brand. Okay. All right. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I, so if I, if if you if you look at those two spots and you know what I mean, like you've got yeah, yeah. the the brand that's right underneath the the title and stuff, okay. and then you've got right, sold right. by X Y Z warehouse. Let's say right. if you click on that one, you're going to see all of the products listed under that seller. If you right. only click on the brand, it's only going to show you the ones that are branded with that name. Oh, cool. Okay. That that I didn't know, but that's cool. But and that that's all all good. But if people are that conscious about their their brand and keeping things separate and they really think that the customers will care think by all means get a second account yeah yeah no and and i think that the, those are both valid points um you know personally i, I think it's just for me personally i'm just a i, I guess an organization organizational oh, uh, totally. goofball you know so i i wouldn't myself want to know that i had like you know, a, a kid's toy over here, but then over here I'm selling everything around, you know, grilling or something. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess that's just me personally. So I would probably want to create a second account uh, to do that. But again, it, yeah. it probably doesn't matter. Right. If, if you're starting out and you, you need revenue, you can't afford to have two checking accounts, you can't afford exactly. it. And it, it's keep everything under one account. That's fine. I've, I've talked to other sellers that are creating a brand and they're actually positioning it to, to sell the entire brand to another company or their entire business to another company. Mm -hmm. I can understand that, that whoever's going to acquire you, of course, if they see toenail clippers next right. to Scott's yoga mats or whatever, yep, yep, then yep. I, can, I can understand why that be, can become an issue. But if you're just starting out and you're scrappy, don't worry about no. your store name. Yeah, I agree. You know, you're, if your name is Carol's Books, but you're also selling kitchen appliances, yeah, customers not going to care. No, you know what I mean? no, you're you're absolutely right. I I love that. Um, okay, so why don't we why don't we talk a little bit then about? I mean, I think that those are some great things for people to to definitely take away. That cool. you know what, just get started and just like you said, first off, look around your your house, right, or your apartment or wherever. Uh, look around maybe your grandparents' house if you're over there visiting or a relative, and you, you you're hearing them complain. I got to clean out that garage or I got to clean out that. You know, offer to help them with it and then just take it right. off their hands. You know, so there's really no excuse, like you said 
said, I think it's just a matter of of doing it. My question is on this though, like you mentioned books and stuff. Like I know right. that you know my son's got some books that are probably expensive, right? From school textbooks. But right. the thing is, is maybe there's some scribbling in the book, or maybe so mm-hmm. how does that work with a book that, that's not ruined, but it's not it's used, but yet do you have to like highlight all of those parts that have like a crinkled page or that would be my concern. No, the the listing programs that I talk about, when you bring all your inventory home and you want to start listing it on Amazon, and you don't need a listing, I pay, I don't know, $69 a month for listee. Okay. It, it kind of helps uh, streamline the listing process. So when you're listing those products, excuse me, you can, in, in your, you can have condition notes, what they call condition notes for each product, right? Okay. So if you've got... 100 books and you're listing them, well, probably a segment of them are going to have a mark, a mark on them or a folded folded corner or whatever. You just list it accordingly. You take that pile of books and you, you scan them in one at a time. And for the condition notes, you make a general statement. So you don't have to keep retyping the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can you can either use a listing service like Listy or Inventory Lab, or you can cut, you can write out on your text document on your computer the general condition notes for say a book that's in quote-unquote good condition so used dash good is one of the conditions for used books and you can say may have less than five percent pages uh with highlighting right okay uh has remnant price tag on cover or whatever and may or you know may have a folded ear or whatever okay so so when you're that's not required but of course i mean book Buyers can be kind of uh, meticulous. They want to know exactly what they're getting. Mm-hmm. So you can actually actually make a general statement of the book's condition, or you can get you want to get individually detailed for that one book. You can too. The more detail you have, the more confident the buyer is going to have in, in, in purchasing your book versus the other thirty sellers that ha- that have the same book and used dash good condition, right? Okay. Yeah. But, but there's a streamlined way to do that, either by using a listing service like Inventory Lab, where you can pre-can the condition statement that that covers all. It, it, it's a blanket statement that can cover books of, of varying uh, number of pages highlighted, etc. Yeah, does that make sense? Oh yeah, it makes total sense. It's 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 like you said before, almost like a text doc. That's a template, but yeah, exactly. you can just check a box and then it'll autofill almost in a sense. Um, Correct. All yes. of the conditions, which I, I love that because now you're systematizing the process. Okay. And, and look at it's it's work again. It's not as um, uh, uh, work it's it's not as uh, streamlined as maybe doing private label or buying products in bulk, but your margins per piece are typically going to be higher. For, you know, if you look, yeah. if you look hard, I mean, you know, can can you say to somebody, I'm doing private label, I'm I'm buying a product for for a dollar, it's selling for twenty five. Right, right. I'm not saying all the products that you're going to find out there are going to have that type of ROI. But certainly you can help justify that extra work per piece that you're doing by the higher potential ROI. Right. Now, okay, so why don't we, I know people are going to be asking this and they're thinking it to themselves. What kind, I mean, I know you mentioned toys and books and stuff. Is there anything in particular that if someone was to go and say, you know what, um, like like if, if you said to me, okay, forget the house thing for a second. You said, Scott, here's what I want you to do. Here, here's, your, here's your little to-do list. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want you to go right now and I want you to go to here or whatever and I want you to look at this particular stuff or at this particular, you know, clearance place or whatever. And I want you to go through there and I want you to look for specific things. I mean, kind of specific things that, you know, in, in, in the past have sold, um, that you don't have to do any, any, uh, you know, any type of, uh, you know, 
overly complicated stuff as, as far as getting it listed, and, and you, are, you're pretty confident that it's going to sell for me. Sure. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I See, that's, that's the difference between doing private label or retail arbitrage or, or local sourcing is that I, the, way, the way that I look at it is anything with a barcode. Okay. It, you know what I mean? So I, I wish I could say, I mean, you could say replenishables, right? So you can, you can go into a, a big box store or a drug store and start looking around for what we call replenishables, right? Stuff that people buy that they need, they need to buy every month. Okay. Or, or they buy and they use it and they dispose it, they throw away. So um, things like if you, if you had a checklist and you said, okay, find every major retail store and go in the clearance aisle for, for their health and beauty. Okay. Okay. Then I can then I can see it kind of narrowing it down. Okay. To that. So whatever you find in health and beauty, beauty is going to be replenishable. Okay. Okay. So hey, and that, that that makes sense, though. That makes sense. The end caps at the Walgreens and the Rite Aids have stuff on clearance, and randomly, my wife will walk in there. She'll go to the end cap and she'll find incontinence products for adults. And what if for whatever reason the brand has discontinued that line or the store needs to clear I you know how valuable retail shelf space is, the store needs to clear up because there's been a new packaging for the that specific brand and product for mm-hmm. the incontinence pads. And they're going, you know, she bought she's buying a bundle of thirty for seven dollars, but they happen to be selling for twenty nine ninety nine. Okay. Right. So I wouldn't recall I wouldn't call it so much a specific product as just a strategy of saying, okay, to hit twelve different major stores or even minor mom and pop stores. Yep. Yep. Look look for their clearance racks. Okay. Okay. And if, oh, if there's no clearance racks, go down every aisle and look stuff that's marked on clearance. Okay. Focus on focus on replenishables. And, that, okay. that that does. That that's very helpful. Yeah. And so my next question would be like, okay, now what kind of price point am I looking at? You know what I mean? Like how much right. do I want to sell that how how much do I want to be able to sell something for or what kind of margin or sweet sure. spot is there? Sure. So I, I have a cheat sheet, and I'll, I'll give you the link offline if you want to add it to to your uh, to your show notes or whatever. But I generally, what I generally do is I look for items that are priced between one and three dollars that will sell for on Amazon the lowest FBA price the, of all the competing sellers. Okay. I look for a lowest price of like nine to twelve or up. Okay. okay? So I'm buying an item for between one to three. And I'm selling it for nine to twelve dollars because I know my ROI is going to be four hundred percent or up a piece, roughly. Okay. okay. Now, how much of how much of those metrics though are you looking at? Um, as far and I know I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but sure. I, um, like, uh, and I'll give you an example because before I even started the private labeling thing, I was you know looking into this and I said you know what I'll just go into a couple of Walgreens or whatever and I'll look at their clearance and I'll see what's there, right? Right. And uh, and I brought the scanner app in and stuff, right? So I go up and I, I see that they had some. And this was in it, towards the end of the fall, so some of their spring stuff were, or not spring stuff, their summer stuff was starting to get phased out. So they had right. some of those those hoses, right? That coil up, the right. coil hose, right? Sure. Had some of those in there, and I think they might have been like, I don't know, three four bucks a piece. And I right. think I scanned it, and it might have been selling for like, I don't know, twelve bucks. Okay. You know, something like that, but. Then from there, my my thing was is I looked at like the BSR and stuff, and it didn't look like they were really selling. So right. do I care so much that they're not really selling right now because they might sell in the spring? I mean, yeah, and that's a, I love the fact that you brought up that question. So so the uh, appeal. 
for us one of the one of the ma our major strategies and you, if you need money if you need to like generate revenue right away this isn't for you right so if one of your listeners is like i need to get stuff right away and i need to sell for a profit your your off season stuff isn't going to do it okay but what my wife and i'd love to do is go into a hallmark store or a walmart or the local nursery that sells the holiday oriented stuff and find the stuff right after the holiday, even candy, the, the holiday-themed candy right after a major holiday, right? Okay. So Christmas, Easter, Valentine's Day, uh, missing probably one or two holidays. I can't think off the top of my head. But you go in and you buy the merchandise at 60% off, 70% off, 90% off. And if you're worried about storage fees at Amazon, you find a closet in your in your. We have a very limited amount of space here, but we have a small bedroom where we put up shelf racks like a store, and we we put the stuff for the next year, okay. the next file, the subsequent file. So we'll wait like nine months before we send it in. And people, the first reaction you tell this to somebody who wants to sell on Amazon is that, oh, I need stuff that sells right away. Okay, I understand that. But when you start doing this strategy, when you're finding stuff, and this is a great negotiating arena where some stores will have like a rack full of valentine's day items and you go in there on march 15 and you say how much for if i take everything right will you give me another up to 70 percent off will you give me another 10 percent off if i buy everything on the rack here yeah you're pretty and, much almost getting it for nothing exactly and and the when people lose their minds the following valentine's day or the following christmas or whatever and they're paying more than retail for it you've just made a huge profit margin mm. so no, I, that's a great I'll, strategy I tell people, focus on the stuff that's character-themed, right? So don't buy a Chris, oh, well, Christmas wreath is actually a great idea. Christmas wreaths that are discounted 90% off, hang on to them for next year. But I'll tell people, don't buy a, a stocking that says Mom on it. Right. Buy the Star Wars stocking that has Yoda on it or Darth Vader, right? Anything that's got a character on it does extremely well for whatever the respective holiday is. For, for the Easter baskets, get uh, the Sock Monkey. Right, the sock monkey Easter basket, not the basket that's got a pansy on it. Make sure it's character themed if you're okay. buying. Okay, character. so almost like a major character, like Mickey Mouse, or yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so th those are going to do better than something that's just a plain stocking. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay, and and that it, makes sense. That that does because you're 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 almost using, uh, you know, the you know, the, it's a little bit more of a premium product. Absolutely. And same thing with like, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you look at like, uh, you know, uh, Major League Baseball stuff or NFL right. stuff or NBA, any of that stuff that you could find at a discount, I'm sure would do well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So that's good for people that even wanted, I mean, I'm, I'm in the, as you're talking, I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, I got a 16 year old son will be 17. He could probably do this on the side absolutely. And, and I could give him probably a couple hundred bucks and say, here's, here's what I need you to do. Absolutely. Go out there and do this. And you know what? I'll, I'll pay you to do it and we'll split some money and, uh, and I wouldn't really have to do it. I mean, he's trainable. Uh, so it, that's something I would maybe consider just as a little side business for him and, 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 and for myself, but uh, it's definitely interesting because there's it, definitely a market out there for it. I know a lot of people are doing it, but uh, there's, like you said, the, the longer-term strategy of, of buying stuff that's seasonal uh, would, would do well because you can get it for so much cheaper. Um, but I know that people on the call or, on the, on the, uh, or listening right now are probably saying to themselves, I want to make money tomorrow because I want to start private labeling. And I do want to have them walk away with just a couple of uh, you know, things that they could do right now to generate that. I know we covered one, which is look, at, look around your, your house or whatever and see right. what you have. Now, let's say I find that, that iPhone cord that I don't need anymore, right? Because I change iPhones, I don't use that older one or whatever, or the plug or whatever. 
Now, do I have to? Do I have to then package that back up? Like, I don't have the box anymore. I don't have any no. plastic. What do you have to? What do you have to to put in that? And do you have to label it? What do you have to do to get that ready to send in? Great question. So, for electronics, I don't know if there's actually a protocol, but what I would do um, is say if you have the, the the iPhone cable, you can sell it used. Put it, stick it in a poly bag. Put a suff. I think Amazon requires a suffocation uh, warning sticker. So. Mm-hmm. Instead of poly bags, we don't have poly bags. We use a sandwich bag. We still do that. We run out of poly bags. Okay. We'll take a sandwich bag. We'll stick the item in the sandwich sandwich bag. There is uh, you need a suffocation label, presumably. And if you don't have suffocation labels, type up, look online for a suffocation. Go to images.google.com and look up the word suffocation warning label. Print it out. Clear tape it onto the bag. Okay. Right. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And then, and then seal up the bag. Uh, the, the, if it's a ziplock, maybe put a staple to keep the, the bag from opening up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, look up the item on you go to Amazon Seller Central. Look up the item under, I think you go to products and add a product. Find the item. Go through the procedure of listing it to the Amazon catalog. Print up your sticker. Right? The, it has to, it, you got to print up the sticker that has the barcode on it. Yep. For them to scan the warehouse and stick it on, you're done. Okay. Okay. So now would I use the, like, let's say I looked it up and, and there's already iPhone cables out there, but they're new and they have pictures. So do I have to create my own pictures for this one because it is no. used? No, you do not. Okay. You, you do, you do, it's not, it's, there's actually some categories where Amazon says as an option, you can take a picture of the item. So some of the toys that I've seen that are used, you can actually add your own picture of the item. But I don't even bother doing, the, doing that. You can use the standard product listing that's on there. Okay, and, and I've seen that where then it'll say like new, and then it'll say two used or whatever. Right, correct. So, so then you would click on the two used, and then it would just come up, and it, it doesn't have to show a picture. It's just telling you that there's two used, and then it would probably give you some details about what's used about it, if it's war or uh, exactly your your own condition notes that you can add to it. Exactly. Yes. Okay, so that's kind of how that works. So really, really simple process then to list your stuff. I mean, literally, if if you had like 20 items that were sitting around, and some of them might already still have the box or whatever, but if they didn't. Um, you would just have to, you know, as simply as, as you know, having a sandwich bag, um, if you didn't have poly bags, putting a suffocation label on it, uh, which you can Google, and then from there, just uh, going through the listing process and printing out the label that they're going to identify and scan the product in with. That, that's absolutely correct, yes. Yeah, so it's so it, not huge, it's just a process. It, exactly. And, you know, my brother-in-law got started a couple of years ago selling on Amazon. He had, he, he had no idea what to sell. I was like, I'm like, start in your house and he had he's kind of into that like mma fighting slash self-defense slash mm-hmm. gun ownership stuff yep yep and he and he had out of print the things that were not published anymore thus the the supply is being outstripped by demand uh books on martial arts and videos on mma and all that stuff and he I mean, he must have made a good four or five hundred dollars from stuff he had sitting in his house he was going to end up throwing out or putting in a box somewhere anyway wow so once once you do that, and then you replicate it across three homes, right. your friends and your grandmothers and your aunts, you're going to have a thousand, two thousand dollars in the right. in the course of a month, two months, right? Yep, yep. Um, and you know, don't be afraid to replicate. Uh, my wife will go into the Walmart. Uh, Walmart's a bad example. Let's say a Hallmark store, 
and uh, find something that's on clearance uh, for ninety percent off, and then she'll call all the Hallmark stores. Right, right. That's say, a great strategy. Yeah. Do you have this at night? And there's a Hallmark store in Long Island. There's probably thirty of them. I don't know how many there are. And she'll ask them, "Do you have this in stock?" Can't you? The, the ask is the number one thing that sellers are afraid to do. They're afraid to ask. Right, right. That, that's so a great thing. All the Hallmark stores and say, "Do you have this item? Can you hold it for me? I'll be there within." one day, two days, and buy, buy them from you. See, I love that because then you're almost doing uh, like a private label in a sense that you're not private labeling it, but you're able to get more than one. Exactly. See, I like it. If I could find 10 of something, then I know that I'm kind of done. You know, I, I listed I listed it once, but I, I, I sent in just 10, right? So right. it makes it exactly. a, a lot for me to wrap my brain around the work involved. I like to have, you know, something that can sell multiple ones. That's why I love private labeling so much because it is so attractive. It's, you know, you, you list it once and then you just keep replenishing. Uh, but the other thing I want to mention to the people listening is, is this is also probably a great strategy for listing a bunch of all of these different products and then all of a sudden starting to see a pattern that, man, Nerf guns are really selling. And I, and I wasn't aware of that. So maybe I want to private label a Nerf gun. You know, I, I mean, I was just going to mention that to you, actually, Nerf guns. That was going to be my next topic. Oh, okay. Okay. Is, is that the, now here's a product that there's so many different variations. This is a perfect product to resell when it's used because there's so many different variations of Nerf guns that come out. And you have that, you know, Nerf will stop production on a certain style gun, A. B, every kid. Every youth that's not, I don't know, 5, 9, 10, 12, they have Nerf guns. Right. And I've done this as up until, you know, I don't have to do this anymore because I run several different businesses and I have a streamlined way of getting products. But up until a couple of years ago, I was still placing ads, wanted ads that are free to place on Craigslist, will buy Nerf guns. Okay. Okay. And kids are dying to get that video game at GameStop for 50 bucks. So they've got 30 Nerf guns. They'll sell them to you for, I don't know. 50 bucks for the lot, 100 bucks for the lot. Yeah, you're going to have to test some of them. Some are going to take batteries. Some might be missing a part, right? Mm-hmm. You collect them, I, I, and I still, I, still, I still have a box of Nerf guns I haven't gone through yet that are used. And you you either look for Craigslist ads because these ki- it's very easy to place a Craigslist ad right. now. These kids will have their mom post an ad selling my Nerf guns or whatever. You negotiate at half the price they're asking for. You end up paying 3 to $5 per gun because they're selling a bunch of them. Right, mm-hmm. you bring them home, you clean them, you test them, and you send them in. I've had Nerf guns that I bought for five, ten, fifteen dollars because they're out of production. Mm-hmm. You know how kids are; they got to get that one. They can, they're not going to be satisfied with a Nerf gun that you can get for fourteen ninety five that just came out. They have to get that one because their friend has that one, and they stopped producing it three years ago. A certain model, yeah. Exactly. So I had uh, the Nerf Balkan is a huge, like one of the first like really big Nerf guns. It's like fully automatic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a Nerf fan. I don't know anything about Nerf guns, really. Right, right. But I was reselling. I was sourcing those locally from Craigslist ads and yard sales. And I was buying them for five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five dollars, and they were they're selling, and they still sell for one hundred twenty-five, hundred fifty dollars. Oh, man, wow! And, and yes, there's elbow grease. Yes, you have to package everything up yep, yep. tightly. Yes, it, it helps to print up the manual from online to include. I understand that, but when you're starting out, you don't, you can't afford five hundred, a thousand, two thousand dollars to go with a private label product, three thousand, whatever it is. Right. These, these are things that you could buy for a song. I had a, a mother email me. She said, my son, it was Christmas time, my son went to a friend's house, and he had the Nerf Vulcan EDF 25 or whatever it was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he came back, 
and he said, Mommy, I want this Nerf gun for Christmas. And they looked up, and it's not, it hasn't been produced by Nerf in about five years or so. Okay. She, said, she said, I'm sorry, I can't find this. And the kid looked at her and he says, I'm going to ask Santa to make it for me. <laughs> so the fact the fact that I had that you you know how parents most parents or grandparents will do anything oh yeah the fact that I had it there and it, it's it, it it's not it's not a gouging price it's how much these things are going for right, you right 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 four times the retail price it sold for a hundred twenty five hundred fifty dollars and she wrote me this letter this email that she was ecstatic and thank you so much for making my son's Christmas that's awesome that's Except awesome yeah. so the stuff, is, the stuff is everywhere and replicate it when you find out that you've got a used toy from somewhere yard sale your friend's house it's sold right away place a Craigslist ad with a picture saying wanted yep because you'd be surprised yeah. how many people read Craigslist wanted ads and say hey I've got this in my closet yep I can sell it to this kid for 25 bucks. I'll have him come over right now. I think that's a great tip. That's an awesome tip right there because uh, it's so easy for someone just to place a Craigslist ad and then you don't have to really go do any looking. They're basically going to basically call you and go, hey, I got a, I got a gun. Or, hey, while you're here, I, I got a gun here, but I also got video games. Are you interested? No, I mean, it could lead into something where you get more than just the gun or whatever you're looking for. Absolutely, and I've had people say that to me when I, they, you know, I've gone to pick up something. Say you're interested in these, you know, Fisher Price makes toys, the dragons, mm-hmm. the light up eyes, or whatever, and they stop making them. The big toy companies don't continue making most toys. They stop because they want to come up with the next best version, so right. they can capitalize on that. Yep. But the, the kids want that one. They want that one. You're they want that particular right. model, and and you'd, you'd be surprised at the amount of stuff that's sitting at yard sales or garage sales or Craigslist. So there's a new site that I use now to scout. It's a very, it's like a safer version of Craigslist. It's called Offer Up. Um, okay. And the people that that snap a picture, you know, lot, you know, Thomas the Train lot, come take all hundred dollars, you mm-hmm. know. And there's Thomas the Train collectible stuff that the hardcore collectors need to have that specific piece in that lot. Right. 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 Let me. I can give you another example, and, sure. and I, I have this. I wrote the probably the best-selling book of all time for on this topic. It's called "How to Buy Low on eBay, Sell High on Amazon." Okay, I'm not telling you it's a seven-dollar ebook. It's at blesha.com. Okay, your, reader, your readers don't have to buy it. I've sold thousands of copies of this. The one of the examples I put in there that everybody can relate to is go on eBay and look for lots of uh, Cuisinart parts. So, uh, Cuisinart blades, Cuisinart, sl- you know, the, the parts that go to the certain Cuisinart blender. Sure, sure. People will be selling them on eBay in a lot. So, they'll say, you know, five, these five different blades or whatever. Buy the lot, whether it's an auction or buy it now, say, I'll have them shipped to you. Even if they're used, it's fine. You can sell used kitchen products on Amazon. Break out the parts individually, polybag each one or do whatever to each one. And send them in individually because you, it, it, as in, uh, two months ago, I said, this must be saturated because I told everybody how to do this, right? Right, right. Must, and I was still finding lots of Cuisinart blades that were that were either unsold or sold for a song, mm-hmm. $25 for five or six different pieces. And each piece is going on Amazon and, and people are buying, they're good sales ranks. People need these pieces for their Cuisinart blenders, sure, right? Sure, sure. And the parts, the parts are going on Amazon for fifteen dollars, twenty five dollars, thirty five dollars a piece. Wow! So, so it's like the stuff really is everywhere, but you got to get your hands a little bit dirty. Yep. 
you got to stop focusing on being the, t- the, the talk of the cocktail party. Yeah, and it's 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 funny that you say that about the Cuisinart because uh, I recently I had a blender. I still have it. It's uh, one of those shark blenders, and right. uh, I love the thing. Right, but the 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 gear that drives the bottom, you know, basically stripped out. So right. I looked everywhere for that thing, and I mean the blender was a hundred and fifty dollar blender. So I mean mm-hmm. I would have spent twenty bucks on that piece. Exactly, and, and and honestly I couldn't find that piece. Interesting. But if I found that piece, I would have spent twenty bucks, and that piece probably cost about fifty cents to a dollar to make. It's a it's a piece of plastic exactly. with a screw in it. Exactly. Um, so and I mean I could have I think I think I could have I could have gotten that part, but it would have had to come with like the drive gear or something, and it would have been like a, a seventy dollar part. So I was like, heck, I would just buy a new one at that. But if if I could have found just that part, I would have purchased it. And uh, and I couldn't, but I, it's a great. It, it, the point is, is these these big items usually have parts uh, right. or toys. They could have a missing part or a part that the kid lost when they were out shooting the gun or whatever, and now they need that part. Um, you know, and if the gun's a hundred fifty dollar gun, they might spend fifteen dollars for that part. Right, yeah. exactly. And and the part you, know, you can't sell anything incomplete on Amazon. So part, parts for 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 you know kitchen gadgets are one thing. People have they're selling the individual part. That's one thing you would actually. You you can't sell like I shouldn't say that you, you can't sell like a Cuisinart blender that's missing a blade on Amazon. Right, but you can right. sell parts to fix you it. Can right, sell, you can sell parts to it. Yes, okay, good, good. And, and I'm I'm thinking again now a little bit out loud is like you know if you had one of those expensive guns that had like parts and stuff, and let's say you got one and it was missing stuff, well the, you could probably break it apart and and sell like the Nerf the the one of the bullet things that goes in it or something or uh, something right. that attaches to it. And and I'm sure that if someone was missing that part, you're going to be one of the only ones there doing it, and it wouldn't be a, a total loss correct uh, you know so yeah, i mean there's a different way a whole bunch of different ways you can do this right uh jordan right. i mean there, we, yeah it's you know it's, it's just a matter of getting started and getting out there and getting your hands wet and i think uh or you know getting your feet wet but i mean i think i think the other thing it's going to teach people is is the process right it's going to be right. the process of how everything kind of works how to put together a listing absolutely you know all of that stuff so it's a learning process and and also you're going to be able to to generate some some cash at it Absolutely. And, and I wholeheartedly recommend that because I've had people that have come up to me and said, I don't want to dabble in retail arbitrage. I want to go big right away. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell them, be careful. My suggestion is, is do some diversification, find products around your house or locally or whatever. Start sending the stuff in to Amazon to sell it to at least get some customer, you know, some of your scoring up. Sure, sure. Right. But at least learn how the process works because the same people that skip that will then go buy uh, a lot of DVDs um, from uh, a wholesaler and they'll spend five grand and they'll get them on they're all counterfeit. <laughs> right, right, right. So learn, learn you got to walk before you can run, right. right? Learn the ropes, go small first before you go try to go too big. If you go too big, 99% of the time you're going to fail. Right, and, and, and now... And, and now one other question here. Now, so yeah. on these products, you don't worry about any pay-per-click or any of that stuff. You just put it up and let it kind of do its thing. Yeah, correct. And it's it's the um, there there's a you know there's a there's pitfalls to that. If you you may be buying something locally to resell and you see that the sales rank is you know very good. Let's say it's from toys and games. It's a sales rank of ten thousand. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and this is rare, but for something to drop this much, maybe the you know a month from now the sales rank is two hundred fifty thousand. Right, so so there is a there is a risk if you're not careful on buying products that may not sell at all or may take a long time to sell. Okay, 
And those are, if you want, or you can make your own, or I'll give you my cheat sheets for your readers to help them guide in their selection process when they're out and about to say, hey, this is good. This is kind of within the sales rank that Jordan's talking about. It should, it should do pretty good. Or hey, this looks like it's it's going to be a um, it's going to be a, a, a fluke, right. a, 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 a bad sale. Right. Um, there are people who use a, a website. I don't know if you recommend this to your readers called Camel, Camel, Camel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it sh- so it shows a tra- trajectory of sales rank and price over time. Yeah, I love that site. Okay, good. So that helps give them, and the, the Profit Bandit app that I recommend for people to use when they're out scouting has a link to the Camel, Camel, Camel results. So when they scan an item and they're unsure, they can click one of the buttons on the screen, and it'll show them if there is data for it the trajectory of sales rank and price over time so at least they they can you know maybe this sales rank at this high price is a one-time fluke okay they don't know that until they look at the 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 past history okay so really then okay and let's just and we're kind of going a little longer than expected but that's okay this is good stuff um okay so i'm going back to your wife going in and then walking out with these bags right full of stuff she didn't go and scan all of those when she was making that deal she just figured that there was going to be some winners and there was going to be some losers oh absolutely yeah yeah. And, and she will take we took the bags of stuff that either didn't have an amazon product listing mm-hmm. or we were prohibited because you know sometimes like the hair products are considered chemical there's uh chemicals that don't allow they're not allowed during shipping mm-hmm. so you have merchant merchant fulfill or whatever or there was i wasn't approved for clothing and there was like like 200 pairs of socks or something in there right right i wasn't approved for clothing at the time so there that stuff we shipped up to our friends who run a uh, who work at a shelter in maine and it was a tax write-off okay right? but our net gain financially for the stuff that actually sold far outweighed whatever we lost. Gotcha. We're literally paying five cents a piece for everything in the store. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. Actually. It's smart. Actually, you know, with socks, let's say you couldn't sell them. That's a great donation. Oh, absolutely. And, and the donation not only is doing something very positive, but it's also going to be a tax benefit as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. No, so, and, and people that are doing volumes of stuff, they're, they're having losses too. You mean to tell me that every person who's doing private label or wholesale has not had at one point a shipment that was bad that they couldn't do anything with or a fraudulent you know, mm-hmm. a product mm-hmm. or something or the, the market fell out and they had to liquidate it or, or have it disposed. Yep. That that's par par for the course, right? Yep. So so then let me ask you, let's go back to the store. So let's say that you're in the store and you see that shelf, you know, the uh, shelf or the bin or whatever and, right. and you start going through it. Are you looking um like is there is there things in there that you just catch your eye right away, or, or are you are you like you know what I'm just going to go in here and start scanning things that I think would would be selling well? Right. No, that's a good, good. So it's a mixture of both. So we'll take a we'll take a look around, and after you've done this for a while, you start to season your own eyeballs. I'm sure. Know, yeah. Look for, but you know the telltale signs are things like people pay through the nose for like certain vitamins or, or supplements, right? Okay. Yep. So you may see an herbal extract or something that's you know the, the tag on the on the bottle and it's made by I don't know Sundown Vitamins or whatever, and the price tag is like forty nine ninety five or something, right? Gotcha. So you're, wow, that that's you know that we're going to end up getting for even if you don't negotiate and it's it's already seventy five eighty percent off the retail price. That's something you probably want to scan, right? Or if you see a product and there's 30 of them sitting there, right? So you say, okay, let me just grab this. Since there's 30, right. and I'm buying this for $1 a piece, $5 a piece, or whatever, let me scan that and, and see and see what the sales rank is, et cetera. Or you start to learn things about, you know, incontinence, you know, whatever the major brands for the incontinence pads are. Okay. You start, you start to see a pattern there. Or you see name brand toys, the Marvel, the Disney, et cetera. Okay. 
And yeah, so, so it's it's experience, really. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and in order to do it, I mean, you might just want to just take that app and then just go into some stores and just start getting familiar, I think. And then you'll really start building up some, you know, some know-how once you start to do it. It's like anything else. You, you know, you don't just pick up a guitar and learn how to play it. Right. No, absolutely. And just like private label, I'm sure you're, you know, if, if I said to you, Scott, go find me a pri- private label product, you're going to find a profitable one for me within three days. And it's me as a beginner. It's going to take me 30 days. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you kind of know the metrics and, absolutely. and uh, you know, it's just like with a private label product. Once you get into a certain category, then you know that category and the ranks. Like you said, like toys rank is different than sports and outdoors or, you right. know, home and kitchens or whatever. Those ranks are different. A 10,000 in toys is going to be better probably than it is going to be in home and kitchen. I mean, Absolutely. you know, so, you know, Correct. in, in, in toys, it might, you might be selling, you know, at that rank, if you had a, if you had a private label product, obviously, then at that rank, you know, that at 10,000, you could be selling a hundred a day or maybe 200 a day. But yet, if you go into 10,000 into, you know, home and kitchens, that might right. only be 10 a day. You're absolutely right, and you'll and you'll know after practicing those. Sh- I need to find, go find another fifty of these. You yeah, know what exactly, I mean? exactly. Or like we had said, if it's something that you know you could possibly private label, that might be a good tell sign that you might want to think about coming up with your own your own uh, product if you can. So yeah, we we've, we've bumped into that before. Where we're like constantly selling out of something. Yep. And I'm like I'm like wow, I only paid a dollar for this, and I'm selling them at nine ninety five. Yep. There must be a demand for this, and you, we were the only listing. Yep. You know what? Let's go figure out where we can find a manufacturer who can create this. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we've we've covered a ton here, and we've given a lot of people some uh, some good ideas and some good actionable tips. Um, that actually got my wheels turning because uh, as as an entrepreneur, I mean, I, again, I'm not ever going to disclose or you know like discard uh, something like this. That if I could outsource, it, obviously, I'd want to learn it, right? I want to go right. through and do it myself, and then I could systematize it, and then kind of outsource even locally with people. And I really look at this model. This is something interesting. I look at this model a lot lot like people flipping houses, right? People are out there. They're trying to find a house at a lesser price so they can fix it up a little bit and sell it. Well, it's the same kind of idea in a sense where you're finding a product. You you could be cleaning it up and then that's like a flip and then you're just going to flip it for a higher price. And what really makes this stand out to me is my son, who's 16, going to be 17. He's a you know big into basketball. Sneakers are crazy right now, right? Like, oh, yeah. like sneakers right now are crazy. Okay. Yeah. And that's all capital letters. I'm saying crazy because oh, yeah. literally they're, they've got trade sites out there where you're trading shoes and maybe you'll give 20 bucks uh, plus the trade and um, right. they can't have creases. And, and then there's this thing now when they, they release a new shoe. I mean, and the shoe companies are smart because they're releasing a new shoe. And then within like 30 days, it's dead stock. They call it where now right. you can no longer, you can no longer get it. Oh, uh, interesting. And this was yeah. just on good morning America. Uh, my wife brought it to my attention that, there's a kid right now who's like in, I think he's just got out of high school and he's making like over, I think it was like $30,000, $40,000 a month flipping wow. sneakers. Oh, I totally believe because it. Because these sneakers, some of these sneakers are a thousand bucks a pair. Oh, I totally believe it. So what it. he'll do is he'll, is, and the reason why they're a thousand is because they're dead stock, they call it. So basically they go out of stock. You can't buy them anymore, right? So, yes. so it makes yes. the demand go up. So now people are going to pay two, three, four times the price that it would have been. So they'll wait in line to buy these things or have someone wait in line. They'll buy two, three pair, and then mm-hmm. they'll just flip them. And that's beautiful because the demand... The demand for the people demanding that at four times the price, they're no longer buying the sneaker per se. No. They're buying that status quo, yep. that, that yep. feeling it, of crazy. being 
it is crazy. It, it really is, and it, it, it was. It, I mean, my my son, he doesn't he doesn't go and, and you know get all of the sneakers that he wants. But you know, I, I'm seeing this. I mean, there's Instagram pages with hundreds of thousands of kids on this thing that are just communicating back and forth, like, hey, I've got these sneakers. I'd be willing to trade for these. I'm looking for these, and it's a whole system out there of oh, kids. Oh, I can imagine. And and uh, it's just it's nuts. And I, I was it was funny that they had a spot on Good Morning America about this kid that was basically it was like flipping houses in the shoe industry exact same thing that's incredible and you know what your followers can learn from this if they if they want to experiment in it is that if they if they're they have a passion for this or they have a relative who has a passion for it be the outlier that says to people you know if if you you're going to trade this for twenty dollars i'll give you thirty right and of course you can only sell shoes if they're new on amazon but you can sell shoes that are used on ebay yep right so so find figure out what's selling at what price and chances are the people that are trading them in are getting a fraction of the amount they would if they sold it on amazon or ebay exactly right so i tell this to people with video games i'm dying to put an information product out on this because i think there's a huge market for it GameStop video games are still very hot right there's always a new video game coming out and GameStop has a trading program where they they will pay you x dollars for your video game right and my thing is, beat the game. Put a Craigslist ad up that says "Wanted video games." We will beat your GameStop price by a dollar or two dollars of pay in cash. Mm-hmm. Do your research first. Find out how much that game is selling for on Amazon or eBay. But the chances are there, there's going to be a good segment of those games that GameStop is paying eight dollars for that you can be selling for thirty dollars right. on Amazon. So be be the arbitrage person that's better than GameStop. GameStop will pay you eight dollars. I'll give you nine cash. We'll come to your house and pick it up from you. Right, right. No, that's right? it's smart. And I love using like the Craigslist thing because it kind of reminds me of the guys out there that are putting up signs on. I don't know if if in your area or not, but you know, we buy homes cash. You know, yeah. You know, and it's like they're they're they're. They're illegally really putting these signs up because you're not supposed to staple anything or nail anything to a telephone right. pole, but everyone does it. But what they do is they put it up. If it lasts a week, then they, they come back the next week and they put another one up or they change locations. And, and basically, they're just out there trying to find someone in need of selling their home quick and that they're going to give them a price that they can afford to give them. And if they accept it, they get a great deal. And if they don't, they don't. But people are coming to them because they're advertising, we want this. And, uh, exactly. I and I, when I started out, I was selling. I was get, buying uh, diabetic test strips from people when we were struggling. Mm-hmm. I was buying diabetic test strips for five five dollars a box, selling them on eBay for twenty five dollars a box. Uh, you know, unused, unexpired, etc. Sure, sure. Everybody copied that. But by the way, a real quick aside: if anybody's interested on on doing those hangings on the post, and I'm not condoning illegal illegal. Uh, practices they make a special tool for that where you can hang it out out of reach did you see that no no i forget if it's on amazon or ebay you do a search for it and there's a name of it i can't think of it but it will actually it's a tool set where you it actually hoists you, you can you can place the placard or whatever on this stick and have this long hammer nice <laughs> and it, 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 you can hang it up out of reach so the average your competition or the average yeah worker that works for the county or a kid doesn't get to spray paint it or something exactly and i thought that was brilliant that is that that's funny that's an aside that is funny all right jordan well this has been awesome i know we went a little longer than expected but you know what this is some meaty content and i think people are going to definitely get get a a great takeaway from this so why don't we wrap up by uh just i guess letting people know how they can get in touch with you and uh and then from there we'll uh we'll say goodbye 
Yes, no, that's cool. So if you're interested in the, in the podcast, you can go to askjordan.net. Askjordan.net has all the episodes there and links to you. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch uh, listen to it on Stitcher, iTunes. All the links are at askjordan.net. If you want people, you want your users to have a bunch of free resources on learning about Amazon or eBay, I have a lot of free stuff at my uh, resource page. You go to jordanmalik.com slash resources. And on that same page, there's a little... Uh, envelope icon near the upper right hand corner. If they want to send me an email directly, they can they can click that. All right, that that'll be awesome. And I know that you're you're in uh, our new I'm doing the air quotes our new uh, Facebook group. Uh, so if people wanted to ask you a question, I'm sure oh, they'll be in there too hanging out. So contact me there, absolutely. Yeah, so that that'll be that'll be cool. But uh, hey, I just wanted to say thanks a lot for uh, for taking the time. And like I said, I, I I'd been listening to you for. Oh, probably a couple of months when I was just getting, you know, getting my my feet wet as far as like what I wanted to do and and everything. And you really kind of just, I think, opened my eyes to that. Like you said, money is flying everywhere. It's just it's a matter of how much work do you want to do in order to to get it. Right. Uh, so and, and I appreciate that. So in other words, you've been watching me. You've been learning from all my big fat mistakes. Well, <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I I guess you could say that, which is very helpful because I'm doing the same thing. I'm I'm learning from mistakes and and sharing them, but. Uh, yeah, that that's that's the best way to learn, anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, and, and you're out there doing a good deed by helping people, um, which is exactly why I wanted to do this. So we'll definitely probably do a follow up um, oh, in, in, in the future. And uh, I I just again wanted to say thank you, and I know everyone listening is really going to enjoy this show. So thanks a lot, man. And uh, I know you're in Long Island, but maybe if we get down that way, we'll have to hook up and have a cup of coffee. Oh, that'd be great. Pleasure's all mine, man. All thank right, man. You. Thanks, Jordan. Take care. Bye bye. So there you have it. Really, really good meaty content right there, and what I mean by that is, is there's some actionable, actionable steps there that you can do, which is, I mean, I think what he what he said right in the very beginning was, you know what, you can go out there right now or go in your house and probably find stuff that you could sell immediately and list it up there, and it's probably the easiest way to start generating money. So this way here, you can then reinvest that into the private label model. So uh, really, really good stuff. You might even need to go back and listen to that one again, but uh, a little bit longer than usual, but I really felt that uh, it needed to be because we didn't just stop because we were on a time limit. We just really just kept digging in and you could hear me really trying to dig in for for more stuff just to help myself, but then to also help you. Uh, so I, I want to again thank Jordan for uh, coming on. And again, his podcast is the Ask Jordan Show, and I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. And this episode is number 29. So it'll be the amazingseller.com forward slash 29. And also I want to bring up again that the Facebook group, if you want to belong to that, you can go over there. Jordan is part of that group, so you can go over there and you can ask him questions. And uh, that group is uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash FB, and that's F as in Frank, B as in boy. I will need to approve you, so you just need to basically send in a request, and then I'll go ahead and approve you probably within three to four hours, sometimes sooner depending, uh, because it is manually uh, you know, approved. Um, the other thing I want to mention is if you're brand new, just starting, and you wanted to check out all of the step-by-step podcast that I've already created for starting your own business, you know, from scratch, really what I did, uh, you're going to want to head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash start. And uh, that one there will give you all of the episodes to give you that step by step. All right. So 
I'm going to wrap up this episode a little bit longer than usual, like I said. I really want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to it. You know, no matter where you are, I actually had some people uh, submitting, actually, which brings me to another point I'm going to bring up before we do close this show. Uh, but I had a bunch of people submit pictures of, of where they are when they're listening, and one guy was riding the subway. And so I thought that was kind of cool to see that he was in the subway and you've seen other people around and stuff. But yeah, do that. Send me a picture, post it on the Facebook group of where you are listening to the podcast, okay? I think it's really cool. I've had people that said they're walking their dog and they show the mountains in the background. Uh, a couple people were, uh, you know, basically just on a run and they would stop and take a picture of where they were. Uh, another guy was actually in a dump truck uh, loading stone and uh, and said that he was listening to me in the in this big, huge, you know, uh, front loader. So it, it's really cool. So if you guys can do that, that would be awesome too. It just brings a face you know, kind of to this community. So this way here we can really start to, you know, see each other, but then also really connect on a higher level. All right. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. If you haven't left an iTunes review yet, I'd really appreciate it. If you do that, that would be awesome. If you already did, thank you so much. Uh, Warm hugs. Okay. All right. That's going to wrap it up. I will see you in the next episode. Take care. Keep on pushing. I'm rooting for you. Talk to you later. Bye.